There we are. Hope you're all well. Can I extend my welcome to you? Uh, if you are visiting, as Nicola said, you're especially welcomed. Welcome, welcome. So this morning, uh, we're continuing in our Healthy Church series uh, that we, we started back at the beginning of September, and we've woven through some uh, rather special weekends since then where we've celebrated our 40th birthday together as a church, uh, where we've had our Equip weekend uh, with Joseph and Lillian, Robin Helen, uh, who served us so well just a few weeks back, uh, and then last week where we had Stuart and Amel with us from Montpellier uh, in France, for those of you that don't know, um, and they just served us really well. But between all of those moments, we've been uh, working through our Healthy Church series um, and we've looked at our need for community that's worked out through small group life, um, our one anothering uh, stuff, our healthy pursuit of the presence of God, uh, and also uh, Chris and Nick just uh, a couple of weeks ago looked at a healthy culture of joy uh, and contentment even through suffering. And today we're going to continue in this series looking at our healthy maturity in discipleship. We're going to look at maturing and developing and growing as followers of Jesus, um, which requires deliberate and committed decisions in every area of our lives. So we're going to talk about this commitment and how we, as individuals who have chosen to follow Jesus, can grow, can mature as disciples. Whether you've been following Jesus for 100 years or just one whole week, there's something that I believe God's going to say to us. He's going to call us forward in today. Can we just pray together now? Lord Jesus, we invite you and your presence to be with us. We thank you for uh, the truth that you are always with us, that you go before us, that you walk beside us by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and minister to our hearts this morning. Come and show us uh, things that you want to speak to us, Lord. I pray for the words that I speak, for the things that I say, Lord, the, the words we read from your uh, Bible, Lord. I just pray that you'd speak to us this morning. Holy Spirit, come. I just pray for a, an increased appetite of, uh, for you, Lord, an increased appetite in my life, Lord, in the lives of those within this room. And Lord, we do ask for you to be with us, be speaking to us about how we do that, how we cultivate that appetite, that desire to, to seek and know you more. And we ask this all in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Uh, we're going to read from Matthew chapter 7. Feel free to grab a Bible, open a Bible app of your choice. Uh, but the words should, should also come up behind me. We're going to read from Matthew 7, uh, starting at verse 24. Yeah. Which says, uh, this is Jesus talking, Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell 
with a crash. This is teaching from Jesus in uh, the book of Matthew that many of us will have heard before. We may have sung Sunday school songs about it. The streams come down, the winds blew, beat against the house. Sorry, the streams rose, the rain came down. You should know the song. So in Jesus' teaching where he uh, draws contrast like that with the wise and the foolish builders or often with the religious and the sinners or the um, Samaritan people that we, we read through the Gospels, it's pretty clear, he's pretty explicit with which side he expects us to be on as followers of him. Uh, would you rather be the wise builder or would you be the foolish builder? I think they're, they're not trick questions We could learn a thing or two from the way that he speaks in our culture that's so fluid with values and principles that go with whatever and however we feel. As we discover the word of God, we find directive language, full of life, full of truth, full of loving guidance. We're actually being told what to do, how to build, how to live, and how to behave. It's such helpful language, and it's Jesus' way. It's the way that leads to life in all its fullness. I want to talk to us as individuals within the room uh, about how we build, uh, about building our own houses and what that might look like uh, taken from this passage. So I want to take a moment to consider our foundations, the foundations of our lives, the things that we have built on. Foundations are so often exposed at times of crisis and in the storms of life. And yet often at those times, it's a bit too late to start considering, uh, what, am I, what am I built on? Sometimes we're completely shaken by that. Sometimes broken. Life comes crashing down around us. We've sung this morning that God is with us in the fire. He's with us in the flood. He's with us through the storm. I'd just like us to take a moment, each of you to take a moment, just to consider a recent storm of life. Uh, that you may have been through a situation or a circumstance that maybe came as a shock to you or a surprise? How, how did you deal with that uh, in that moment? Where did you turn to for help? What or who helped you through that? Just take a moment to consider that. And maybe for some of you, you're still in that storm right now. Are you wobbling on sandy foundations or are you safe and secure on the rock? When builders build, they spend the majority of their time laying the foundations in the preparation uh, stage, preparing the ground, laying the foundations. I'm always amazed at the speed at which buildings go up, that bricks are laid on top of each other once the foundation work's done. Tim and Tina, you've just had an extension done. I know that there was a lot of work on the ground, a lot of work laying the things underground that nobody's ever going to see, but it's the right foundation. Uh, We've got the new apartment blocks at the end of this road that, again, months, if not years, of just seeing nothing, diggers moving around site, that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden, day after day, story by story, just so quickly. And the Shard, the tallest building uh, in London, it's over 300 metres in height, um, and actually the foundations of it go down 53 metres. That's probably about the length of 
this whole building on its end down into the ground. It's a ridiculous amount of <laughs> work and time that went into that, but a spectacular building uh, and one that hopefully is pretty secure. So the work on the foundations is often the unseen. It's often overlooked uh, by those who just look at buildings. You don't consider the foundations so often, which is why I want us to take time to draw the comparison into our lives, into our relationship with God and see what what have we built on, what are we building on, what are we living on. Um, And when properly laid, foundations are rarely noticed. But every now and again when we see uh, exposed foundations or we, we do look at them again, um, and we, or when we hear of uh, catastrophes with buildings, those sort of things, it's often in the foundation uh, that wasn't strong enough or wasn't laid properly or this or that weren't considered uh, within the, the preparation stage. So spending time checking that the foundations of our life are correct in order, well laid, is no bad thing. We need to spend time ensuring our foundations are laid and that we're building on solid ground. Jesus says in this that he is the rock we are to build on. He's the rock that we are to build our lives on, build our values on, build the way we speak and the way we act. So how do we build? It's crucial that as believers we both listen and do. As it says in Matthew 7, 24, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, is like a wise man. So we're to listen, we're to read, we're to absorb the word of God and to put them into practice. We must therefore take the time to absorb the word of God, the words that Jesus has spoken, and not only to read and listen, but to be mobilised into action, to put into practice God's will for each of our lives. Last night as I was praying and felt I just felt God remind us and to remind um, each one of you that the foundation of all that we're talking about here is about a loving relationship with God. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's, it's about a relationship with our loving Heavenly Father. He, doesn't, he, he longs and desires time with us. He wants time spent with us where he speaks. Mark's, Mark's word uh, earlier on about the manner, the daily provision of bread so helpful and Neil for sharing that in the the prayer meeting as well there's daily provision for us God loves to give daily bread we ask for it and he gives it willingly so it's in this relationship with God where he is our God we are his people we're in a relationship together that's what Jesus made possible for us He made a way for us to enter into this relationship. As he died on the cross and the curtain was torn, we gained access to God. He made a way for us. So making time for God daily can be often uh, a real challenge for many of us. Uh, we're, We're surrounded by a busy world. We're in a culture that celebrates and rewards busyness. Um, So how do we make time and space to spend with our loving Father. I just want us to um, watch a quick video. Um, It's quite a well-known video or quite a well-known analogy that I just found really helpful. And although it's not specific to time spent with God, I think the the principles are helpful. Uh, So if we can roll that. Thank you, Ben. 
professor stood before his class with some items in front of him. When the class began, without thinking, he picked up a large empty jar and proceeded to fill it with rocks about two inches in diameter. He then asked the students if the jar was full. They agreed that it was full. So the professor then picked up a box of pebbles and poured them into the jar. He shook the jar lightly and watched as the pebbles rolled into the open areas between the rocks. The professor then asked the students again if the jar was full. They chuckled and agreed that it was indeed full this time. The professor picked up a box of sand and poured it into the jar. The sand filled the remaining open area of the jar. Now, said the professor, I want you to recognize that this jar signifies your life. The rocks are the truly important things, such as family, health, and relationships. If all else was lost and only the rocks remained, your life would still be meaningless. The pebbles are the other things that matter in your life, such as work or school. The sand signifies the remaining small stuff and material possessions. If you were to put sand into the jar first, there is no room for the rocks or the pebbles. The same can be applied to your life. If you spend all your time and energy on the small stuff, you will never have room for the things that are truly important. Pay attention to the things in life that are critical to your happiness and well-being. Take time to look after your health, play with your children, go for a run, write a letter to your grandmother. There will always be time to go to work, clean the house, or watch TV. Take care of the rocks first. CreditedSkills.com. I don't know what that is, but I found the video really helpful. Um, it's wonderful what they can do in two minutes when you've got a half-hour sermon to write and you think, yeah, that sounds, sounds about right. But what are the important things in our life? What are, the, um, what are the things that are the rocks in our life? Again, it was just helpful, uh, the parallel of building on a rock and the, the talk of rock, pebbles, sand, um, so the rocks are the, the vital things, whether they're your, your partner, whether you're, they're your, your best friends, your pets, your money, work, sports. What are the, what are the main things in your life? And, and does that analogy help you to possibly reconsider, again, how we prioritize our time, how we spend our time? Um, and is, is that, therefore, reflected in your day-to-day -day life? As with any relationships, uh, and particularly with our relationship with God, we need to make time. There's an opportunity to make special arrangements. We make ourselves available to him. We do things that we enjoy. We get to know one another. We can talk, we can laugh, we can cry together. There's so much available to us that we've yet to experience of God. So much to discover of who he is, of how much he loves us and his plan for us. Just imagine with a close friend or with your husband or your wife, if before you first met, you received a book telling you all about them, all that they'd done, their history, their dreams for the future. Would that have been helpful in any way? Would you have taken the time to read it? Now just imagine if we had something similar for our relationship with God. I want to challenge us this morning, I'm challenging myself too, that we would be individuals who do devote our time, who set apart and commit daily time to receive daily bread from God. He wants to deepen his relationship with us 
And we need to respond. Relationships are a two-way thing. I was so challenged by my, our three-year-old son, Eli, uh, earlier this week. Um, now our kids are 7 a.m. wake-up kids. Uh, at least they were until this morning when they're now 6 a.m. wake-up kids. <laughs> Thanks very much. Uh, it's not something we've drilled into them. It just happened that when Eloise uh, was probably about six, six weeks old, she started sleeping really well, and it just became a thing that the expectation passed on from child to child. Um, it's not always worked that, that easily. So these, um, these past couple of weeks, in fact, Eli's been waking up between 6 and 6.30. Uh, he's needed the loo, and uh, so I've, I've taken him to the loo, put him back to bed, um, and I think it was Tuesday morning of this week uh, that I went to put him back to bed then got back into bed myself. It was about 10 past 6. Um, and within a few seconds, I noticed he'd switch his light on. Um, so I got out of bed, uh, went, to, went in to see him, said, come on, come on, mate, it's far too early. It's the middle of the night. And it is still dark out, so you've, it's not even like the sun's out. Um, and so, so I turned his light off uh, when he says to me, Daddy... I just wanted to read my Bible. (laughs) That's a genuinely true story, not just one I made up for this morning. So I left him to it, went back to bed. (laughs) And I thought, hey, that's a good idea, isn't it? Um, So I think he's he's caught something as a three-year-old. Again, I I don't want to overplay it or over-spiritualize it, but the Bible is important. He knows that the Bible is important in our family, where we read and share time together. Um, He keeps asking for cuddles from Jesus. Try and work that one out. We've been praying. (laughs) So I'm aware that in a room like this, we'll have over 100 different daily routines. Um, And so to put it out there that there's one way of doing this um, would be unhelpful. But there are, however, some simple and helpful principles Uh, and models that I do want to explore together. Um, Jesus tends to set a pretty good model for us, I think. Um, Often we find him away uh, from the crowd, spending time with his father, particularly um, at the the beginning of the day. I think prayer preceded uh, all of the amazing things that we read uh, that Jesus did in his earthly ministry. It was the starting point for him, where he was fueled, where he was commissioned, inspired, empowered and prepared for all that was ahead and I think it's the same for us are we creatures of habit are we those who do the same things repeatedly day by day morning by morning what does your morning routine look like what does your nighttime routine look like what do you do with your lunch breaks your coffee breaks what time do you already have or what time could you make to be with God So I want to look at a couple of simple ideas that may just help you as you look to invest in your own relationship with God. So the first thing uh, that we could do, or should do, is find and make the time uh, to be with God. Again, for many of us, we're we're in the the realm of where I I so often find myself saying, in response to how are you, yeah, I'm busy. (laughs) I don't know how many of you would uh, agree in that way. Uh, or with that answer that you share, but I've found uh, the option of getting up 15 minutes, 30 minutes earlier. Um, Again, it's not an easy thing to do, but it's a worthwhile thing to do. 
whether I switch off the music or the radio when I'm driving in the car and just spend some time praying rather than just going along with life. (laughs) Whether we only choose to watch three episodes on Netflix tonight instead of five, take the extra time, read a Bible, read the whole Bible, read your Bible, and taking that time to pray. The second thing I think we found, um, and really inspired by a, uh, an analogy or a story uh, that we heard a while back, um, is about finding and making uh, the space for God, finding a, a space that is comfortable, that is, allows you to settle into um, time with God. Make it enjoyable for yourself. Don't, don't think that it's a hard thing. I've found that I need to get out of bed Otherwise, I fall asleep. So bed's a comfortable place. But it's not a place that's going to serve me well in, in staying awake for time with God. Often found looking or sitting by a window, getting into the daylight, if it is daylight, which will be less and less now. So, um, But finding those sort of things uh, to help. Making a cup of coffee or a cup of tea if it's uh, early in the morning. Um, just getting, getting out and getting getting into a place where I'm comfortable, where I'm able to just sit down, focus, has really helped me. So you've got your space, you've got your time, now to make a continuum, uh, uh, make it continuous and make it sustainable. Put, put plans in place that are realistic, not necessarily easy, but actually achievable. Waking up 15 minutes earlier, as I said, it's, it's doable, it's possible. It's not the easiest decision to make, but I believe the fruitfulness from it uh, is worth it. And be creative with how you spend your time with God. There's plenty of Bible reading plans on Bible apps or on the the web that you can find. You could do the same study as friends or family, um, not necessarily meeting together to do it, but just working through the same thing and and spending time once a week, once a month, uh, just talking through how you're getting on and what what you're doing. Take time to highlight verses in your Bible. Take time to make notes. Um, be creative uh, in, in how you do that. And then finally, just be expectant. God speaks. God's about this relationship too. It's not a one-way thing our way, and it's not a one-way thing his way. It's a relationship. It's a two-way thing. We've got to be expectant that God will speak, that God will change us. It's a place of transformation As we spend time with God, we will change. The more time we spend with him, the more we will become like him. So some general things to do in your times with God is to read the words, is to worship and praise God for who he is, is to pray and to listen and to do and then to share. I just want to invite Jackie, my wonderful friend, my wonderful colleague, my work chum, She's going to come and share an encouragement from something that's happened this week. Can we just welcome Jackie? Good to go. Drink. Um, I just want to start off by saying I always use the word light bulb moment with God, with me. Um, And I've had that again this morning with what I wanted to bring because... This was my journey. Uh, I just happened to tell Joe, because as Joe says, I work with Joe and I'm with him a lot. And he's asked me to do this, and I was thinking this morning, I literally, you know, amazingly got up an hour early. (laughs) I thought, what am I going to do with my hour? So 
I'll, um, I'll think about this. I'll, ta I'll take control of this. I'll think about, you know, what's God given me and how does that work with what Joe's going to do? And I've been sitting there thinking, oh, my goodness, um, light bulb moment. God already had this in control. He knew what he was doing. And what I'm going to bring now fits in quite well with what Joe's been preaching about. So um, Good. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to bore you and I don't want to make this too, too long, but I tend to lie by the seat of my pants with things I tend to have my jar filled with sand a lot of the time and I tend to believe that not that I know God can't do all things and anything but I tend to believe you know if God if God wants me to know that if I'm meant to do that then he'll tell me or he'll give me it or you know that'll be fine I can I can work with that um, I haven't got time to read my bible and um, you know God knows it all anyway so it's been a bit of a two-year journey with me, um, which obviously with this journey we've been doing with what's in your hand, I've been thinking a lot about. Um, because for me, it was something, well, it's, it's, um, it, I've got something. What have I got? What can I use? What, what skill sets do I have? What giftings has God given me? What can I use? And that's how my mind was going with it. And we've been talking about it in small group, like I'm sure a lot of you have. And this week we talked about our creation, God creating us and who he's created us to be and that we're all really individual and unique and have different personalities and gift sets. And I went home, I suppose, thinking about this anyway. I woke up at around 4 o'clock in the morning to an audible voice saying to me, you have everything that you need in your hands. And... Unlike the person I probably should be, which is, wow, wake up, go downstairs, find my Bible. Okay, Lord, you know, what are you doing? I went, I need to go back to sleep, it's way too early. So I turned over again, and I heard it again. You don't need anything new. You have everything you need in your hands. So when I got up in the morning, I was trying to remember, was there anything else? And again, I'm thinking, I don't know what to do with this. So I went to the place I usually go to, which amazingly isn't my Bible, but UCB word of the day is where God usually speaks to me. Um, and I saw a thing that said, uh, well, for want of a better word, when I clicked into it, what have you got in your hands, was the title. And it was um, the part in Exodus where Moses challenges God to, God says to him, you know, go out, talk to the people, and, God, and Moses says, why me? The people aren't going to believe me. So it was talking about the staff that he had in his hand and that God asked him to throw it down, which he then, a snake appears. Um, and it's that story about that staff was, was what he leaned on. What We all have something that we lean on. Um, and usually for people like me that are quite a control, control freak, that's hard to give over to God. But actually, if you hold on to it and do it in your own strength, then you're only going to go so far because you can only do it by giving it to God and actually doing it in God's strengths for his glory. So this led me to, oh my goodness, okay. So I'm standing there with my, my hands out, praying, okay, Lord, what do I have? You know, what am I not giving over to you? What do I have in my hand? What do you want me to do? And for me, this is the first time this has ever happened. God handed me a sword, a sword that I could feel the weight of, that I, I knew that the top end of it was in my left hand, that the bottom end of it was in my right hand. I could feel the smoothness of it and the coldness of it. And I just, I just was literally blown away. I was in tears on the floor, really, um, until I then went to look at, okay, so 
I know what the sword is, the sword of the spirit is part of your armour. Um, but my other light bulb moment with it, although I knew it, was the sword of the spirit is the word of God. So I went, I'm not going to bore you with what it says about the sword of the spirit other than um, the Bible. It does say it is, is part of your armour. It's for defence and for attack. So you use it to defend yourself and you use it to, to go forward. If you put that in the word of God terms, then my light bulb moment was, if I don't know the word of God, where are my foundations? How can God use me to defend myself, but also to move forward for his glory, for, to use me? Because I've been naive enough to believe, well, he can use me anyway, and I don't need to do that part of it. Um, and suddenly I stood there and thought, all the things that I've been asking God lately, you know, what have I got in my hand? How can I do these things? Without that foundation of knowing my Bible, knowing the word of God, then I'm not, I'm not getting ready. I'm not fit for purpose. And I need to do my part, even though God can do anything. I need to do my part to be ready for him to use me when he needs to. I just thought that was a really helpful story, amazing story, really just an encounter with God. Um, again, I think we'll all have stories, we'll all have encouragements, um, and again, we're, we're recognising this is fundamentally, foundationally about relationship with God, living life with him, and, and one of the ways that we can act and respond to uh, the word of God is to read is to spend time with him uh, and again it's it's all about that relationship um, so just just finally so we we build together we build uh, together we commit to helping each other grow we have a greater courage in sharing our faith we choose to create a relentless culture of encouragement so that others do grow around us we grow in our outrageous generosity to one another and to those around us. And all of that is as an outworking of our ever-deepening relationship with Jesus. I just want to read from Ephesians 2, uh, verse 19 uh, through to 23. Where it says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We're no longer foreigners, we're no longer strangers, we're fellow citizens with God's people in his kingdom, members of his household. And our simple framework in church life, uh, where we've got our Sunday mornings together with teaching, worship, we've got our small groups uh, for discipleship and our one-anothering, um, we've got times of prayer and worship uh, together. They're all supposed to support this 
uh, whole element of uh, our personal growth and development as disciples. Um, but it starts at home. It starts in our, our time with God, building and developing and growing our relationship with him. And we must not be so busy doing good things that we don't allow time for our hearts to be shaped daily by Jesus. In the end, we may achieve some things, but lasting fruit and health within the kingdom can only come through our faithfulness and obedience to him. When we come together, we get to bring our prayer life, we get to bring our study of the word, our understanding of God and who he is, our intimacy with him through his Holy Spirit at work in us. As our town motto says in Crawley, we grow and we rejoice. As we grow in our relationship with Jesus, we rejoice together. I just want to invite the band back up now. Um, Our wonderful Connect team are just going to hand out some little slips and some pens. Again, it's it's not anything we're forcing upon you Um, but I just found it really helpful just to evaluate what time do I have in my day uh, what time can I make again some of you will be doing this a lot better than I am uh, and and we'll be able to encourage each other in that Um, but I do want us to spend some time just uh, while we'll have some music going on in the background and we'll join together and sing in a moment but I just want us to take a moment have a quick read through the form Maybe write some notes down. Again, you don't have to do anything now. Um, And fundamentally, as I've said, it's about relationship with God. It's about growing in our friendship with him, our partnership with the Spirit. It's about doing life together. And if this helps you in any way uh, to grow in that, to deepen in your relationship with God, uh, then please take the opportunity now to do so. I'm just going to pray. Uh, And then we'll have some, uh, I'll give you time to to fill in as you feel necessary and then we'll come back together and sing in a moment. Lord Jesus, we love you. We love all that you've done for us, Lord. We love the way that you poured yourself out for us to allow us a greater intimacy and a closeness to you. Would you send your Holy Spirit on us again, Lord, would you awaken in us a fresh desire, a fresh passion for time with you. Lord, I I truly believe that in my times with you, Lord, you change me, you shape me, you mould me, you call me forward in the things you've got for me in my life. Lord, I pray for my friends here in this room, Lord, that we'd be uh, together going on this, Lord, that we would as uh, in our times together, that we would be those who Uh, bring something, bring uh, prayer, bring a prophecy. We bring an encouragement to one another. Lord, would we be those people who, out of the overflow of intimacy and a wonderful relationship with you, that we get to uh, move forward together, that we get to grow together in this. So Lord, just as we take a moment to consider the day-to-day routines and patterns of our life, Lord, and as we maybe choose to dedicate and devote ourselves again to you, to your cause, to to relationship with you, Lord. Would you just inspire us by your spirit, Lord? Just provoke us by your spirit, Lord. Just awaken us to areas, to times, to moments. Lord, I pray that through these coming weeks, there'd be encounter after encounter where we set aside time for you and you meet us. Lord, you meet us powerfully. Lord, as Jackie shared, 
Lord, we ask for your power to be known. Lord, we ask for gifts to be given. We ask for words to be shared. Lord, and we thank you that through your word you speak to us. Through your word you show us how much you love us. Lord, and through your spirit with us, we know your nearness. We know your presence. So Lord, come and fill us now, I pray. Come and be with us again. Lord Jesus, we love you. Amen. Amen.